welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. There's not much that I complain about, and there's not much that niggles me. You know, there are some people in this world that little things really niggle them. Not much niggles me. Um, What does niggle me is silly, silly little names for companies. And I, I was reminded of this this morning when I drove past a business van. And now I know this company, they, I believe they do sewage removal or sewage cleaning. I don't know. Something to do with sewage. They're called Mega Rod. Now, you know, because who wants to say in, a, in an official capacity at work, can't, you know, we've got a real situation going on down below. Must call Megarod. Must get must get the men from Megarod in. It's too much. The one that I really struggle with the most, the absolute most, and I, I actually on on several occasions have been very close to sending a strongly worded email to the company themselves, are the the carpet cleaning company Rug Doctor. Stop it. Okay. Who came up with that? Who came up with that? Do you know who didn't come up with that? A woman. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. It really does build up a girl's confidence. You know, I say I don't know how many people are listening. So I'm going to assume thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of millions. Hi, mum, because that's uh, and actually, she's only listening because I told her to and showed her how to listen to her podcast. It would have gone totally over her head. I hope you're all having the most wonderful week. I wanted to uh, regale you with a story today of my second ever wedding as a celebrant. So I'm sure you already know by now that I have been in the industry for a while, but I've only been a celebrant since... Oh, Lordy, uh, January 2021. So I retrained in lockdown. So that's when I became a celebrant. So yes, 21. And so I've got experience in terms of um, planning weddings, coordinating weddings, running weddings, all that jazz, all the admin that's involved, budgeting, all of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes before the day itself. So when a wonderful couple who are family friends of ours when they came to me and they said we're having a wedding and we would like you to do the ceremony but we would also like you to coordinate the day sweet d you know sweet d that's what i said to them because that's how professional i am um i was like brilliant amazing wonderful cool great so what was also so lovely was the venue where they were having the wedding was at her family home and i used to go there I go on and off for family stuff now, but as a child, when I was really young, I used to go there all the time, and I just thought it was this big palace castle. I mean, it's a big house, but, you know, let's not blow smoke up their arse. Um, it, it is. It's the most beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and I used to go there, and, like, they used to have what I always called the ballroom. It was actually, like, I suppose it's like a conservatory. <laughs> But in my young eyes, I was like, "Oh, it's a ballroom," which is like, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a room next to the kitchen with lots of windows, and it's where we used to put S Club Seven on and dance. So to me, 
that is a ballroom, okay? Every floor is a dance floor, people. Life is what you make it. So that was really lovely that she was going to get married there and that that had meaning to me, that, that place, that venue, her family home. So this was in June of 21. No, it can't be. It must be, you know. I really haven't been doing this that long. Huh, who'd have thunk it? So this was June 21. It was my second ever wedding. Not only that, but it was the day after my first wedding. So I was all sort of, it was it was a lot going on. There was a lot of emotions. They wanted to, it was actually a time where um, the restrictions had literally been lifted the week before. So they, until the week before, they would have had to have 30 max at their wedding because of COVID. But they were like, we're not going to jinx it. We're just going to invite that many people um, and to day one, I'll get on to that, um, because we don't want the faff and the stress of rejigging everything last minute. So in the end, what they did on the Friday was they had a legal ceremony, an intimate ceremony with their families, so Max 30, in a really lovely hotel in Marlow. Um, and it was sort of afternoon tea, uh, dancing didn't go on till late. It was quite quite a civilized affair. That was the one I wasn't at. Obviously, I like to bring a I like to bring a little trash to these occasions. Really selling myself. Um, so that's what they did. So on the Friday they got legally married with a registrar, dress, suit, um, bridesmaids, flowers, all the rest of it. Um, and they had an afternoon tea with their family. It was lovely. And then they actually drove down so that was in Marlow they actually drove so I think it's about two hours two and a half hours to um Maven which is where their family home is which is where the next day wedding was going to be so the idea was they'd get married in an intimate ceremony legally on the Friday and then they'd come to the family home on the Saturday and they would have a bit more of a party but they wanted me to do the ceremony because they still wanted that element of tradition and um, importance on the day they wanted people all of their friends they were having 60 odd people um they wanted them to see them get married essentially they didn't you know so to them it was important that there was still a ceremony on the saturday so they drove down after their um wedding reception on the friday they drove for two and a half hours to maven I think they got McDonald's on the way. I'm pretty sure that they're on their wedding night, they ate McDonald's, which I'm obsessed with. I really hope it was a happy meal. Um, happiest meal of your life. I, I could come up with jingles. Um, so they got there the next day. So I turned up at 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Now they'd done all the planning, they'd done all the prep, the marquee was up, the chairs were out, the tables were there, but it was a it was a total blank canvas. Total blank canvas. So I arrived, no one was there yet. So I started. You just gotta crack on, haven't you? You have I cannot express this enough how much work it is to get married at home. It is so much work. And I honestly think people don't realise. People think, oh, well, you know, I, I throw dinner parties so I can get married at home. Not not the same thing. Unless you throw dinner parties for 100 people and you've got a caterer and port loose and a tent and decorations and flowers, it ain't the same thing. If you do throw dinner parties like that, where is my invite? Because I would like to come. So I get there and I start setting up. 
and then they all arrive and it's it's actually really nice because they're already married so it's like we're already in full celebration mode so me and the family um start decorating tables out the chairs out name places table plans flowers with the whole shebang we're doing everything um and it's we're having a really lovely time actually that is that is what is really nice about getting married at home though i will say is the build-up and the prep and especially when you get people involved your your friends your mum's friends your dad's friends everyone's sort of chipping in that is actually really nice that's a really fun part of it it's like the you know getting ready for a night out but elongated um so we start setting it all up it's all it's all looking beautiful it's all looking wonderful the marquee was on the lawn outside the house where they were going to have their dinner and dancing and everything else but the ceremony was in another part of the garden now this is a this is a big garden i'm not gonna lie it's not like national crusty it's not far off so it's quite a walk quite a walk from the house to the um ceremony area which was just beautiful um so that's fine we've got everything set up the caterers arrived so i'm i'm running out like a blue ass fly headless chicken any other weird animal anecdote you want to throw at me because i'm planning everything i'm doing everything i'm coordinating everything and suddenly the suppliers start showing up and they want me and they, they always have odd questions which they didn't say to anyone beforehand only on the day did it suddenly occur to them that they need a round table six inches from the floor with wooden uh, wooden legs made from nuns in egypt why didn't you tell me that before hmm? why has that just occurred to you but that's what they need and it's my job to get that for them so you know when i get that for them so i'm running around i'm doing this i'm doing that the the wedding party go off to get ready again now just before they go off they say to me oh um what should we do with our rings because they've got married the day before so they've got they're already wearing their wedding bands um and there isn't a best man as such. So I say, well, all of them. Everyone, everyone, it's not a secret. Everyone knows you were married yesterday. It's not a secret if I had the rings. Like, this is a blessing rather than a ceremony kind of thing. So I take them, I put them in a box. I put them in the kitchen, right in the middle of the table at the top on the counter, exactly where I know. I say to her brothers, you know, I say to everyone there, look, these are the rings. Don't touch them. If you touch them, I will literally rip off your jugular. Again, it's very good to be ever so slightly aggressive when you're coordinating a wedding because that's what joy does to people <laughs> brings out the aggression um and so they go off to get ready um and then once the guests start arriving i go off to get ready um and i've got a very small window in which to uh de-sweat myself put some slap on, change my outfit and make myself look moderately presentable. It's a very different vibe from coordinating wedding to doing the ceremony. And I have learned since, I have done that since, and I've learned that I need, as prima donna as it makes me sound, I need 20 minutes, half an hour of like just downtime before the ceremony because your head is going, I'm, I'm, I'm 10 miles a minute, all these people ask you questions, you're thinking of a trillion different things, and then suddenly you've got to calm and go, welcome everyone to the ceremony. That's how I say it. But it's just too much. So you just need a break. So I, I didn't have that break because this was my first time doing it. So I had I had like 10 minutes to get changed and look presentable. Um and then we <laughs> so then the the everything is going fine, everything's set up. I sort of say to all the suppliers, you know what, I'm not coordinating for the next half an hour, I'm doing ceremony, so don't look at don't talk to me. Don't come at me. I, I sound like such a bitch, right? Maybe I am. 
this is very self-reflective, this podcast. Um, and I go down, we do the ceremony. And again, you see, logistically tricky because ordinarily I look to the event manager, the coordinator, to give me a thumbs up, they're ready, the bridal party are here, the groom's here, we're all systems go, start the music, blah, blah. I was the event coordinator. I was the person. I had to give my own thumbs up to myself. I had to thumb up myself. And I haven't done that since I was a teenager. So it was difficult, but it worked. It was a bit of running around, but it worked. And I mean, at the end of the day, they were happy, so that's fine. So the ceremony starts. And um, two two very memorable things about the ceremony, um, which I will take to my grave. I mean, I'm going to tell you now. You know, I'm putting it out there, but I will not forget the day I die. Um, they had a flash mob sounds dramatic. It was kind of like a flash mob. So they said to me, we want some music, but we're not doing a signing. And it's outside, so it's not easy to like um, plug in music or it just didn't have like there wasn't an obvious stage as in point of time not the thing I like to stand on and perform there wasn't an obvious point that lent itself to a piece of music to singing so we created it baby we create we made that moment so I said right here's my idea what we're going to do is um, the two brothers of the bride who I knew um, they're going to do a reading I'm going to call them up they're going to do a reading and it's going to be the lyrics to was it lean on me i think it was lean on me um it was a very very famous song and they're going to do the lyrics and they're going to sing it they're going to say it they're not going to sing it and then halfway through the guitarist is going to start strumming and everyone else is going to join in brilliant it's sort of reminiscent of that scene in love actually when everyone starts standing up and playing the musical instruments so that's quite a lot of pressure because not just on me but on everyone that knew about it green didn't know it was me, the bride, the bride's mum, the brothers, um, and I think maybe two or three guests. I think in that situation, it's important to let a few of the hobby ones know, you know, so they can sort of rile everyone else up. Um, so it's a lot of pressure because if it flops, it's not good. Life lesson there. If it works, it is brilliant. Luckily, it worked. So the boys start reading and everyone eventually cottons on and... Um, and then they start singing and it is it's just such fun it's really really fun and everyone's laughing and they didn't realize at first uh -huh. it, it was really lovely it worked an absolute treat but i will never forget that and i have had couples since do a similar thing because i've told them about it and they're like oh my god that's brilliant because we again we want people to sing um but there's not necessarily an obvious place in the ceremony to do that so it's a really fun idea actually but you do need to tell the gobby ones to to learn the lyrics and <laughs> i and then I think you'll be fine. And it also depends hugely on the kind of people are there and also on the song you choose. If you choose something that no one knows, you're, you're screwed. Ain't no point. Ain't no point. You've got to choose something popular. So that was um, that was really lovely and very memorable. Now, that worked. The, the other memory I have from this wonderful wedding was... Uh, uh, mm, so I forgot the rings... Yeah, probably the worst thing that anyone can do uh, during a wedding ceremony would be to forget the rings. Sure, you can get a name wrong. That's fine. You can blur over that, can't you? But to forget the rings. I had one job, the rings. So I'm doing my address and I'm, re I'm speaking and, and I suddenly, in my mind, I'm like, 
fire. I don't know the rings. They're in the kitchen. Now, let me take you back. Remember that the kitchen is actually quite a long walk from the ceremony. There's, I mean, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. So I'm speaking, I'm reading, and it's all going well. In my mind, I'm like, what the am I going to do here? This is a this is my second ever wedding. Like, you cannot imagine how bad this was. I was so, oh my lordy, the sweat just, just started instantaneously. It was pouring down my, my hands were clammy. Like, oh my God. So there's nothing I can do. So the dress, we're coming up with, it with the rings, the vows and the rings. So I'm doing my dress, you know, sort of blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that's love. And uh, now I would like to uh, ask Fergus, that's the proper, uh, to please go to the kitchen uh, where you'll find the rings that I have forgotten. And there was like this really awkward silence. And then from the back, this voice goes, you joking? No, 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 I'm not joking. If Lucas, if you could please run and get the rings, thank you so much. And we will just talk amongst ourselves. Thank you. Luckily, uh, I mean, there was like three seconds where everyone was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? Is she joking? I was like, no, I'm really not joking. I looked at Fergus with my eyes wide. I was like, Fergus, you better run quicker than you have ever ran before. Oh, Forrest Gump, your ass to that kitchen. So he did. So he ran to the kitchen. He, t- I mean, he took, a, he took a sweet ass time. He probably had a shop while he was in there. Luckily, everyone thought it was hilarious. Luckily, they were already married. Luckily, I knew them. The world was in my favour. I kind of feel like at some point in life, everyone makes these ginormous mistakes and I had to make a mistake at some point. And I'm so glad that I made such a big mistake so early on with such lovely people in such a forgiving circumstance. So we just started chatting. I think I actually pointed to the guitarist and he just sort of like strumming. It was it, oh, it was funny, actually. Eventually it was funny. And then Fergus came back. Thank you. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm now happy to continue with these. And then I spoke normally. But it it is something I will never forget. And since then, the couple in question and the guests that I know have said to me that it almost made it because it was so funny. And it was just like, it was a shock. No one expected it because, like, you know, otherwise I'm an absolute 100% consummate professional. I'm a professional who forgets the wedding rings. I will never forget it. I will never, ever forget it to the day I die. And I, so now every single wedding, I go to the person who has the rings and I, three times, and I'll say, do you have the rings? Yes, let me see them. I have to physically see them to make sure that the person who is meant to have them has them. Obviously, I like to do, yeah, joke. Oh my God, I'm just supposed to have three because I like my dad jokes. You know that, I like my dad jokes. Um, So that was it. That was it. That was the second wedding I've ever done and I was coordinating it, blue ass fly, to conclude, blue ass fly, headless chicken, forgotten rings, wonderful day. So a few weeks ago, I read out a listener's question from the gorgeous Claire. And um, she'd messaged because she was having trouble deciding how to propose to her girlfriend because she felt that they both wanted to be the one to propose uh, and she didn't quite know how to do it. She didn't want it to become like a race. Um, So we spoke about that briefly on on a podcast a few episodes ago. Um, Anyway, I've heard from Claire. She has sent me the most magnificent message. I die. Right, ready? Hi, Olivia. 
I messaged you a couple of weeks ago. I was having trouble proposing to my girlfriend because we both wanted to ask the question. I listened to your episode where you read out my DM. And so the next day I told Sophie, my girlfriend, that we were going to cook a nice meal that evening and listen to this podcast I had discovered. We listened to that episode. As soon I got goosebumps. As soon as she said my name and the query I had sent in, she twigged. We both stood there in silence, listening to your advice. And then when you'd finished, I got down on one knee. She shouted, wait there, ran and got a ring box. And then in our kitchen, we were both down on one knee proposing at the same time. And it was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I die. Isn't that, oh my God, like my face, my cheeks hurt from smiling. That is just the most incredible thing. Oh, I'm getting all teary. I told you, I wear my heart on my sleeve, people. Congratulations, Claire and Sophie. That is unbelievable. How wonderful that I could even be just the smallest part of that moment for you. I, I just can't put into words, honestly. I cannot put into words how magical that is. And thank you so much for telling me um, and keeping me keeping me abreast of the situation. Got to use one of my favourite phrases there. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you so much for letting me know. Huge congratulations. If you're looking for a celebrant, I feel like I'm already involved in your relationship. So you might as well book me in, hey? A little, little plug there for you. Um, huge congratulations, Amazing. If any of you have any proposal stories or any queries or questions or you're looking for any advice or you just want to share something with me, please, 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 honest to God, I want to hear it all. I really, really do. Huge congratulations, Sophie and Claire. Absolutely amazing news. Thank you so much for listening it really does mean the world if you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining share with all your friends and family you can dm me any questions queries if you want to share any stories on the podcast instagram at i'll marry you podcast get in touch i want to hear all your tall tales see you soon i'll marry you is a podcast by olivia coleman the music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. So I... Bleh, edit that bit out, Drew.